bless you. You may be seated. I, I am just trying to obey the Holy Ghost. And so <laughs> my intent was to give a little bit of instruction for us to pray. But uh, when you hear my with the, the direction I've been given, I you'll realize there's probably a little bit more than just instruction needed to give. There's some direction that's needed, some instruction before, uh, some teaching before instruction. Um, I really would like to keep it to a minimum, but I'm going to obey God. Um, this is something we have not done or talked about uh, at all last year in the um, Call of War seminar last year. And frac- frankly, uh, there's really none of what I'm about to talk about that's even in the syllabus and probably needs to be added in some way, shape, or form uh, to that syllabus. I mean, that syllabus, no matter how thick it may appear to be, is not an exhaustive study on the subject. Most of the focus of the syllabus is our warfare in the spiritual dimension uh, for the sake of the kingdom of God and of uh, lost souls. Uh, but last night, uh, I, the stuff I talked about was really about us and uh we're going to war tonight or I'm going to rephrase that. If you let the Lord help you and direct you, you will war tonight and the prize is you. Your victory, your liberty. Because there really is a war you have to win before you can fight in God's war against principalities and powers, et cetera, et cetera, for the purpose of loosing the lost. And uh, standing here, this is all so obvious to me, but frankly, I don't know that I have ever taught this or given direction on this in any depth like I'm feeling tonight. And I don't think, think right now that I'm going to go into the detail tonight that I may tomorrow as the Lord directs. Uh, but if you don't have personal victory in the arena of warfare, you cannot have and be used for victory in the supernatural dimension for the kingdom, the sake of the kingdom of God. Where is your battleground? Pardon? I can't hear you. The mind. In fact, I have recorded in my notes from years ago 
Uh, in fact, I think I talked a little bit about this in the shame in shame uh, material that the mind is the battleground of the soul. Talked about this a little bit today, and I've taught it in the past. We are body, soul, and spirit. God fills our spirit, and from that position of strength of his spirit being in our spirit, he then begins to work on our soul, which is the source and seat of all will, choice. That's who we are. And only after we surrender our, our will to God, then we can go and deal with, or he, then he gives us power in the flesh. We have to work the other direction. And we're supposed to be working the other direction. Why do we have to work the other direction? Because that's the direction that the adversary works. That's why we deal with flesh at the altar sacrifice. And then we, we, we complete that or continue to deal with flesh at the brazen labor. I taught that today. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, can't explain it. I'm sorry. I don't have that liberty to go that direction right now you'd have to listen to what was taught earlier today and then you you go into the holy place and you spend time with the lord and eventually your goal is to get in the holiest of all where you're fellowshipping with his presence god works from the inside out the adversary works from the outside in therefore because we are more in tune with we are more in tune with the natural dimension it is not and it is not a normal, familiar thing for us to deal with the spirit world. It's not. We are very much attuned to our five senses. What we can see, smell, hear, taste, and touch. That's our, that's our world. That's, that's how we relate to our world. And we're very, 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 very attuned to those things in our lives. And we have a struggle dealing with something that we can't see, taste, smell, touch, hear. That's a struggle for us. So while God deals from the inside out, we have to work toward meeting, meeting the Lord to get going the other direction because we have to defeat and have the authority to defeat the adversary coming the other direction. God is trying to bring us into the place he'd have us to be in, our, in, our, in him by filling our spirits with his spirit and then helping us to deny ourselves. And uh, if any man will be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And and that's discipleship. And then, of course, you can be a disciple while you're struggling with some stuff. So after you have given, uh, you, you have denied yourself, you've become a disciple, your, your will is being dealt with by the Holy Ghost from his position and filling our spirit, then, you, then he will begin to deal with you and give you power in areas over your flesh that you have not had. But we, because for us to come to God, we have to deal with sin. And sin is frequently connected to us giving in to the desires of our flesh. We have to work the other direction. And uh, as I said today, the heart and the soul, or heart, excuse me, the heart and the mind 
are just two of the, the two primary dimensions of the soul. It's not talking about the brain, nor the organ, the heart. It's talking about the inner man and the, and the temporal man, the, the, the conscious man, the subconscious man, the inner man, and the, the, the conscious man. The man, the mind, is the conscious man, the man that deals with the temporal dimension. The inner man, or the heart, is the, 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 the primary means whereby we connect with the Spirit of God and then also in the supernatural. We are not used to that. We are not comfortable with that. So when I say that the mind, not the heart, the mind is the battleground of the soul, the scripture says that a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But but the adversary lies to us about ourselves in our minds. And then we have to choose whether or not we're going to believe the lies. And if we believe the lies, that affects the way we think about ourselves in our inner man. And we act that out. Because all sin is action. Now, I know what the Word of God says. If a man looks on a woman to lust after her in his heart, uh, he's committed adultery. By the way, that's not grounds for divorce. What goes on inside a man's heart and mind is between him and God. It has nothing to do with you, sister. Vice versa, brother. I just see somebody going to a court of law and say, my husband has been lusting after women in his heart, so I want to divorce on the grounds of adultery. And the judge saying, uh, would you bring in the people with the suit, white suits, coat that we can put around this person and wrap them up real good because they're hallucinating. And I know that sounds like, well, that's not an action, but it's a choice. Because whether a man is looking at a woman or a woman looking at a man or whatever it is, just to see somebody walk by or even have the thought, well, that's an attractive man. Hopefully that's a lady thinking that. And uh, uh, nowadays you don't know. Uh, or uh, a man thinking, well, that's an attractive girl. That's not lusting. The choice is then to then dwell and begin to fantasize, now you've lusted, now now there's a problem. But the action is the choice that's made. And every action is preceded by a thought. Every action is preceded, preceded by a thought, and then we choose to do what we're thinking. That then becomes an act, and that's what sin is. By the way, there is no such thing as present tense sin. Every sin is a past tense act, even if it's only milliseconds past tense. It's a past tense act. Well, here's the problem, of course. The mind is the battleground of the soul. The adversary wars here. He has access to my mind. He does not have access to my heart unless I give it to him, knowingly or unknowingly. He does not have access to my heart. 
The Lord has allowed him on purpose to have access to my mind. Why? Because we cannot love unless we have the power to choose. Love is a choice. It's not an emotion. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. It's not a feeling. One day you wake up, look at your wife, you love her so much you wish you could eat her up, and the next day you wake up and wish you had her. What's wrong with you? Nothing. It's just emotion. Emotions are are fickle. Emotions are fickle. That's why we don't love by emotion. We love by choice. It's a choice. That's why we make vows. Because we are making a commitment based on a choice. And if I don't have any anything to choose between, I can't demonstrate my love. That's why there was a tree in the garden that was the only thing they were forbidden. It They could not have loved God in the garden if there wasn't something to choose. It wasn't put there as a temptation. It was put there as an ability to provide an ability for people living in a perfect environment to be able to choose. So God, in His wisdom, has put in the garden of your mind access for that same spirit that spoke through that serpent to Eve and then to Adam or whatever. That same spirit has access in the garden of your mind. And you've got to choose which way you're going to go. He has no access to your heart because out of the heart of the issues of life, he has no access to your heart until you choose to give him that access. And so when he brings that thought there, you can dismiss it. The old, the old way, the way the old preachers explained it to me was, uh, and, and, and since I'm not old, I'm talking about somebody else. The, when I was young, the guys that were old then, the way they explained to me is, you you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep him from building a nest in your hair. That's a perfect illustration. There's a choice that happens. And when we began to entertain the thoughts, whatever they may be, good, bad, or otherwise, if they're not true and not according to the word of God, but we believe them to be true because we've been told they're true and we believe it's lie because it is far easier for our flesh to always believe what the devil tells us than it is for what us to believe what God tells us. That is the nature of, that is the, 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 the liability of a sinful nature. It does not struggle believing the lies the devil tells us. It struggles with believing what God says is true. Few people can hear what God says, says and not struggle with it and, and, and not battle doubt over whether or not that's true. But few people 
dismiss everything the devil says out of hand without giving any consideration to it. Few. And they learn to get there. Because it is our nature to believe what he says. The problem is, since he does not have the authority to violate my will, he cannot have access to my inner man to oppress, suppress, depress, war against and defeat me until I lose the battle of my mind. How about put on the screen for me Second Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, start reading, I think, with verse 4. Second Corinthians 10 and 4. For the, let's try verse 3. I started to say that and missed it. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Next verse. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Where do these strongholds exist? Next verse. Casting down. Catch that what? Imaginations. And every high thing, that high thing there is not a thing thing, it's a thought. It's a thought that rises up and wants to equate itself to what God says and says, I'm true, what God says is not. Now, it doesn't reveal itself like that. It just declares itself to be true. Every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. But with these weapons of our warfare, we not only can cast down these imaginations and these 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 thoughts, these thoughts of deception, but we can bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That is warfare. It's personal, day by day, sometimes hour by hour, on some occasions, minute by minute, and in the most intense times, second by second warfare. And in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, consider him. Oh, well, let's do this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think I will. Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Wherefore, see, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Next verse. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Next verse. For consider him. That endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You lose the battle. And what happens when you lose the battle? I read it last night. Jesus came in Acts 10.38 to heal 
all that, all, everybody say all, that were oppressed of the devil. And the Greek word oppressed means to exercise dominion against, oppress. And the English definition of oppressed means to burden with cruel or unjust impositions or restraints. To, to subject to burdensome or harsh exercise of authority or power against. To lie heavily upon the mind. To weigh down. To put down. Subdue or suppress. To press upon or against. To crush. And what is the Lord's response? Direction for our response to this. James chapter 4. I'm going to begin with verse 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The Greek word there for flee literally means to run away in terror. Instead of you being terrorized of him, he will be terrorized of you. Now let me really quickly say something. Resist the devil. First of all, do not equate God and the devil. God is omnipresent and fills all space. The devil, Satan, formerly known when when he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, Lucifer, son of the morning, is a finite being. That can only be in one place at a time. One. One. Now, when he fell, he took one third of the angels with him. That means there are two thirds on our side. But it's not two against one. Because I can show you that God further tipped the scales because there is some portion of that one third that wasn't even loosed into the earth. They were locked up and have been chained away all this time in chains of darkness waiting for the final judgment. So it's not two against one. It may be three, four, five against one. His one Our three, four, five, good. Okay. And of course, the demons, just like angels, have various levels of power, authority, ability, etc., etc. The more powerful a, a, a demonic spirit is, the less subtle it feels like it has to be. Because he thinks... He can intimidate you. The less powerful a demon is, the more subtle it becomes. And actually, sometimes those are harder to deal with because they're very difficult to pin down. They're really slippery slippery little boogers because they don't want to confront you. They only want to deal with you while you don't know what they're doing. The word resist means to stand against or oppose. Next verse. 
Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now we go to first, first Peter chapter five, beginning with verse five. And this is kind of a parallel passage. It's got some similar language in it. And, uh, and it, Again, it's talking about the adversary. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Next verse. Humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil... As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Both places tell us to resist the devil. Both places tell us to resist the devil. Both places. Now, James says, chapter 4, that we should resist him and he will flee. Run away in terror. The problem is, even those of us who are trying to be truly the most spiritual, it is, I have never prayed. Never prayed and not fixing to pray. That southern four I'm not about to. Okay? I'm not fixing to pray. To be sensitive to the devil and his presence. I don't want to be tuned into the devil. I don't know when, I don't want to know when he's coming or going. I want to be sensitive to God. And God alone, and anything God wants me to know beyond me being in tune with Him, He can tell me. Consequently, I am not a devil chaser. I'm not looking for devils everywhere. In fact, on more than one occasion, and I've heard other men of God say this, on more than one occasion, I've been places, especially when I travel overseas, and I'll be laying in my bed, and I'm asleep, and all of a sudden I feel something in the room, and I wake up, and kind of wake myself up a little bit, and, oh, it's just you, and go back to sleep. I'm not kidding. He didn't have any power over me. Life and death is in the power in God's hands alone. If he's threatening to kill you, he's lying to you. If you die, no matter what means whereby you die, it's only because God allowed it to happen because it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. Your appointment with death is in the hands of God alone. And you do, you and I do have an, an appointed day to die. Except those of us that We'll still be alive when the rapture takes place. But we have have an appointment with death. And the adversary can't change that. 
So his threaten, his threat to be able to kill you is a lie. It has never been true and it's not going to be true. As proven by Job, the Lord said to Job, uh, said to Satan concerning Job, you can take everything he's got, but you can't touch him. And that didn't get done what the devil thought he could get done. So he says to God, that's not fair. God said, okay, okay, you can touch his body. You can't take his life. You don't think the devil would have loved to kill Job if he could have? He couldn't. Just to prove that, James and Peter were both taken captive. This is the early part of the church. They were both taken captive by, by the powers that be and the intent was to kill them. To please the Jewish rulers who were anti-Christian at that point in time. And, and, and the Lord allowed James to be executed. But then he sends an angel who shows up to Peter in a jail where he is chained to the wall and he shakes, you know, if you're sensitive to angels, uh, Peter wasn't all that sensitive. The angel who's in the cell with him had to shake him and wake him up. Get up. So he gets up and the chains fall off. And every door in the place opened. And he starts walking out and the gates open all the way to the outer gates. Now, if God could have done that, if God did that for Peter, couldn't he have done that for James? Yes, he could have. But it wasn't his will. James had an appointment with death. Peter's was down the road a ways. But the problem is this. The adversary will take whatever's going on in your life. Whatever's going on. And if he can use that to prey on your mind and you let him, you're giving him access to begin to oppress. Oppressing is the least of your problems. That's the basic. He wants to go from there, but that's where he starts. And you have to give him permission to do that. Well, I don't, I never gave him permission. Oh yeah, you did. He has no authority. Yes, you did. You gave him permission. When you chose to believe his lies, you gave him permission. Notice how God works. Romans chapter 10 says that we, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And the, Romans chapter, chapter 10 says that we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. So somewhere it has to get from our heart to our minds so that we can speak it out of our mouth. So when God works, he works from the inside, from the heart to the mind, to the mouth and out. When the adversary works, he has to work with the mind to get it in your heart. But then he wants you to do, he's trying to imitate God. So he goes from the head to the heart. He puts it in your head to get you to believe it in your heart. So that you will again put it back in your head as something you've taken ownership of. And then you will speak it with your mouth. And if that works with what God says, it works with what the adversary says. 
I remember uh, right through these trees over here's a house that was the first parsonage of church, church built. We were going through it. We were going through it. And one night, one night, it was a Saturday night. We had church the next day. And my brain was getting beat. I, I, I had never to that point in my life been attacked like that. My mind was just getting bombarded, just slammed over and over and over again. The devil told me that I was the trouble in this church and that I was the one holding back revival and that if I would resign and get out of the way, God would send a real man of God to this church and there'd be revival. And he's quoting scripture to me. It's not God, but the devil's quoting scripture. And if you don't believe that happens, read about the the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And this stuff is going through my mind. And I'd never been taught any of this stuff. But somehow I knew that no matter what was going through my head, no matter how bad it got, I was okay as long as I didn't voice it out loud. I never went to sleep that night. For about eight or nine hours, I got out of bed early on Saturday. It was probably about 10 or 11. I didn't want to lay there in the bed. My wife's a light sleeper, so I didn't want to lay there in the bed, take a chance of keeping her awake. So I went downstairs and laid on the couch awake all night. And I did, and all I concentrated on doing was not saying anything out loud. I didn't even trust myself. I was so under attack to even say anything to God out loud. Because this stuff was so beating my brains out. I didn't want to take any chance. I didn't even know why. I didn't understand that at the time. But I didn't want to take any chance of voicing, accidentally or otherwise, what was going through my head. Now, it was a lie. It was all a lie. But that's one of the most severe personal battles ever fought in my life. And it was very personal. He was making it very personal. He was accusing me of everything under the sun. You don't love this church. If you love these people, you'd resign right now. You're nothing but a curse to them. You're in the way. You're full of pride. You're this, oh, God have mercy. He, had, he, he said stuff to me from every direction you could imagine. couldn't even trust myself to pray in tongues because I couldn't trust. I was so, so concerned about allowing my vocal cords to make any sound because I, I knew that if I said what I was thinking or what was in my thoughts, I, I just sensed that something really negative was going to happen. It was like I was going to be opening doors to all this stuff, somehow giving opportunity for it. Well, I am speaking to some people tonight. You've passed that point. You've been speaking that stuff. And you don't know what's wrong with you. And you don't know how to fix it. 
I need my graphic on the screen, please. There's your answer. Those are the words the Lord gave me this morning in prayer for this service tonight. He said, tell my people, I said, push back. Now, we talk about the four types of uh, uh, of praying in tongues, the prayer of rest and refreshing that may be demonstrated here uh, this week. It won't be by me. There will be some people that will be called on to demonstrate this stuff, but the prayer of rest and refresh, tongues of rest and refreshing, then the tongues of prayer and praise, and then the tongues of intercessory uh, warfare, and then the tongues of of uh, uh, intercessory travail. Or okay, but I want to talk about something I've not talked about before that I can remember at least for a long time, if ever. If you would allow me, please, to go to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to start actually reading with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, to be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with preparation of gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you, be, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now listen. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praise God. Now, uh, Stephen, come here, please. Yeah. The Lord's used you mightily in this. I want you for the next few minutes, as you yield to the Holy Ghost, to pray warfare intercession. For the loss that live in southern the southern broad broadneck peninsula, Jesus' name, praise God.
Hallelujah. That's my mic. Jesus name. <laughs> Jesus Jesus name. Jesus name. You keep praying. You keep praying. I don't have to tell you that's warfare intercession. You can feel it. That's not emotion. That's a witness of the spirit. Jesus name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Praise God. Make sure when you sit down over there, you pray some rest and refreshing prayer. Now, the Bible talks about supplication. What's the difference between that and warfare? There is no difference. But intercessory warfare and intercessory travail is when you're praying under that spirit for somebody else. What's the difference? The difference is when it's your burden and you're letting the Lord pray for it, when you're interceding, you're you're praying for the Lord's burden and letting him pray through you for his burden. But when you're supplicating, you're praying for your burden. Shane, come here. And I want you to pray that same prayer, but it's going to be supplication intercession for your family. For your family. It will feel the same. It will sound the same whenever you're ready. But it will not be warfare. It will be supplication. Excuse me, it will not be intercession It will be supplication. Praise God.
for your family, your family. God's doing something right now for your family. Let that pray. Let that spirit pray right now. That's supplication. Because it's for you, yours, your burden. Yes. It's time to quit talking about what's happened in your family. Push back. Push back. That's it. Push back. Quit talking about it. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Quit giving in to it. Push back. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, Alan, come here. God gave you a great victory the other night. Alan McGuckin, come here. God gave you a great victory the other night for your family. But that's not the same thing as great victory for you. So, you're going to pray supplication. That's what you got a microphone for. And you can take all of the weeks you want to get the voice back. Because it's time you push back for you. This isn't for your family. This is for you right now. That all that cloud would be lifted. God's worked for your family. But now it's going to be for you. Oh, yeah. Push back. Aren't you tired of being pushed around? Aren't you tired of being the victim of the adversary? Aren't you tired of your brain getting beat out? Push back. Mubuzo, Mima Sulobuba, 
Angela, Angela Fowler, come here. The adversary is warring against your mind, lying to you about the promises of God, the ability of God, and of your place here. War, uh, uh, intercessory, or not intercessory, but supplication warfare for you. Push back. Push back. Push back. Quit accepting that stuff. Come on. Push back. Push back. Push back. Come on, the Lord's going to give you clarity of mind and all that stuff is going to leave because you're going to refuse to be a victim, a passive victim of the adversary's battle in your mind. The Lord loves you, but He can't make the decision for you to stand up and push back. Tiffany Spriggs, come here. You've been a victim of this disease long enough. The Lord doesn't want you to be passive about this disease anymore. The blood of Jesus has been shed for your healing. Push back. Supplicate in faith right now. Push back. This is a spiritual attack. Push back. It sounds the same. It may feel the same. But it's not intercession because you're praying for your family, for yourself, for your burden. You're praying to win your battle. You're praying to win your battle. Thank you. 
You're not a victor. You're more than conqueror through him who loved you. Push back. Submit to God. Don't submit to the devil. Submit to what God is doing in your life. Don't submit to what the adversary is trying to tell you. What he's trying to do. Push back. Push back. Come on right now. You don't need the microphone. Push back. I don't have to call anybody else out. Push back. Pray in the spirit. Supplicate in the spirit. Supplicate in the spirit. There's deliverance in the house. There's healing in the house. There's change in the house. Push back. stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Supplicate for your soul. Supplicate for your family. Supplicate for your house. Supplicate for victory in your mind. Supplicate for your child. Come on. You don't have to accept this. You don't have to accept it. Resisting. Push back. Push back.
Push back till the worry and doubt have to flee. Push back till the grief and the anger has been comforted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Do you want it? Do you want it? Are you tired of it? Are you tired of being a victim? Are you tired of passively sitting back and letting him do this stuff to you? There can't be victory in the church till there's victory in our lives, till there's victory in our homes. Come on. The Lord is in this place to help you tonight. But you've got to make up your mind. Fight. Fight. Push back. Push. The Lord will strengthen you. The Lord will help you. Come on. The Lord will strengthen you. The Lord will help you. The Lord will give you victory. But he can't make the decision for you. He can't make you do it. If you'll respond, continue to respond. He's going to help you. This is what the Lord showed me. Monday night. This is what the Lord showed me. Victory. Victory. Personal victory. So you can have faith and a position of strength to fight from for the souls of men. Push. Push back. Come on. Come on. Don't slow up. I know you're probably tired, but the Holy Ghost to help you. Push back. Push back. defeat out of your mind and spirit. Pray that fear out of your life. Pray that fear out of your home. Pray that defeat out of your life. The Lord's called you to victory, not defeat. He's called you to liberty. Not the bondage. My God. Come on. Come on. Come on. My God. My God. My God. My God. Come on. Come on, stay in tune. Stay focused. Don't let up. Don't be satisfied with anything less than victory. Victory tonight. Victory tonight. He's going to flee. Press. Resist. Push. Push back. He will flee. Supplicate in the spirit. Pray supplication in the spirit.
Refuse to accept your family being lost. Refuse to accept the backslidden condition of your children. Refuse to accept trouble and breakup in your marriage. Refuse to accept a ministry that's bound, defeated. Push back, push back. Don't give in, don't give up. If there's still stuff going through your mind that you know is not of God, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't give up. The Lord has promised me victory for everybody in this room that'll push back till you break through. Push back till you break through. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Victory tonight, victory tonight, victory to you, for you tonight. Victory in your home tonight. Victory in your ministry tonight. Victory on your job tonight. Victory with your income tonight. Victory with your health tonight. Victory. Victory. Don't give up till he flees. Push back till he flees. Tiki 
This is it. If you're waiting on something else, you're not going to get something else. This is the will of God tonight. And I'm not stopping this to go to something else. This is it. This is the word of the Lord tonight. This is what he's promised to do for you tonight. But you're going to have to make up your mind to push back. Push back against the fear. Push back against the fear. Push back against the doubt. Push back against the grief and the anger. Push back against the doubt and deception. Push back against worry. Come on. Your choice. You can leave here with victory or you can choose to give in. Come on. Push back. Push back. Push. 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 The Lord has promised victory tonight. The Lord has promised victory tonight.
Come on, come on. Some of you need to fight against your past. The devil's using your past against you. Come on, you need to fight that. Press back, push back, come on. Come on, you're not a victim of your past. The blood of Jesus separates you from your past. Fight back. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You want your husband saved? You want your wife saved? You want your kids saved? You want your parents saved? It's time to fight back. It's time to fight back. Don't look at the situation. Let the devil lie to you about your family. Rizpa, Rizpa fought for days to keep the birds off the bodies of her dead sons. If Rizpa could fight like that for her to preserve the corpses of her dead son, how can you fight for the salvation of your loved ones? For the liberty and the victory of your loved ones, come on. the name of Jesus in 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 the name of Jesus a mother's love caused her to fight all night all day all night for days to keep the birds of the air from feasting on the carcasses of her dead sons. If a mother's love can cause a mother to fight like that, what can God's love rising up in you do to cause you to fight for your family? With all perseverance, and supplication praying always with supplication in the spirit with perseverance and supplication always in the name of Jesus 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 Come on, let the Spirit pray. Let the Spirit pray. 
Let the Spirit pray supplication through you. Come on. Let the Spirit pray. The Lord loves you. He wants you to win your battles. He wants you to have victory. He wants you to be victorious, to be strong spiritually and healthy and able to endure hardness as a good soldier, fighting the battle for the sake of the lost. You don't have the strength and the will to fight the battle for the lost. If you're getting your brains kicked in on a regular basis over your family, over yourself. Jesus name. Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Come on, be free of your past. Let the Lord give you victory to close the door on your past so the adversary can't use that as an access point to defeat you. Come on. You are not who you used to be. You are not what the devil says you are because of what people have done to you. You are a child of God. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. It is the will of God for there to be peace in your house. It is the will of God for there to be peace in your house. There's the, it is the will of God for there to be peace in your home. It is the will of God for there to be peace in your marriage. It 
it's the will of God. If you're oppressed, he will heal you. But you've got to let his spirit help you to push back. It's not the will of God that any should perish. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your wife or your husband. Don't give up on your parents. Don't give up on your neighbors. Don't give up on your coworkers. Jesus' name, 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 Jesus' name. Jesus name. Jesus name. Kalorororobo korata la rata tata hai. Oh Jesus. Kalorororobo korata tata ti hai kalorata tala rata tala hai. Yeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeee
Faith is what takes place between when you hear the word and you see it come to pass. And you have to fight the good fight of faith because circumstances don't look like, a lot of times it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But when you're fighting the good fight of faith, you're fighting it. You're not giving in. You're not listening to the lies of the devil. You're not listening to his threats and his fear and his imitation. But you're believing the word of God. You keep saying, God, I believe you. It's going to be okay. It's going to work out. It's going to be all right. I believe you. They're going to be saved, Lord. I believe they're going to be saved. I believe it. I believe it. I can't do that for you. I can only do that for myself. But that is absolutely essential if we are to be able to, to let the Lord use us in intercession. Intercession, And a lot of times in intercession, I don't even know who I'm praying for. It's the Lord's burden. It's the Lord's burden. Or if I'm binding and loosing principalities and powers and rulers and whatever... It may bring salvation to many, but it may not affect me positively at all. But I cannot reach that place to be able to be used of God like that when, when there's no benefit to me in it if I can't win the victory for myself and my family. And again, the victory doesn't mean it's happened the moment you, you feel the, the release. It means you now have the confidence. It's going to be okay. And you're going to fight to keep that confidence. You're going to fight to keep the confidence. You're going to fight. He comes pushing. You're going to push back. Now, most of you know what I mean by this. The rest of you will figure it out. This has been very intense. So now, quietly, close your eyes. Raise your hands as far as you, you're comfortable. You have the strength left to do. Now we're going to let the Lord... Give us rest and refreshing through playing, praying rest and refreshing tongues, praying in the Spirit. Not for a few moments, come on. There's been a lot of energy going out of this place tonight under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And now we need to be refreshed. We need to be renewed. We're not even halfway there. We've got two whole more days to go. And we can't leave here tonight without letting the Lord put the virtue back. My God. <laughs> Woo! My, 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 my. Come on, don't stop. Don't go to English. You can't do this in English. There's some things you can't do in tongues, but there's some things you cannot do in English. And this, this is the tongue of rest and refreshing according to Isaiah 28, 11, and 12. Come on. Let the Lord put it back. Let the Lord put it back in your mind, in your spirit. And your soul, your heart, your mind of your soul. Let him put it back. He'll even refresh your physical being. And assure that when you lay down tonight, you'll get a good night's sleep. So you'll be ready to roll tomorrow. Come on, come on, don't stop. Don't stop. Keep your mind right on him. In rest and refreshing, this is the one time in prayer you're not praying for what's going to go out of you to minister. This is when you're praying to receive. Let the Spirit come in. Let it restrengthen. Let it rest. Give you rest. Let it refresh you. My, 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 my. Come on. Come on. We're not stopping. We're going. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
I'm not trying to exaggerate. I'm not trying to use hyperbole. But there's been as much energy used, spiritual and natural, emotional, mental energy used tonight in this single service than there was in any single service last year in Call to War. Come on. Because it requires more energy. You will put more of your energy in with the intercession and the supplication when you're praying for your burdens. Because when you're praying, when the Spirit of God is praying through you, intercession through you, you're using His emotion. You're using His, you're praying for His burden. But when you're supplicating, it is your burden. So therefore, your emotions are going to be involved. So there's more emotional energy that goes out of you when you're letting the Spirit pray supplication through you than there isn't even when you're praying warfare or travail intercession. Come on, we need to go a little farther here. Come on, let the Lord help you. Let the Lord help you. Jesus' name. Let him help you. Come on, as much as possible, don't look around. Just close your eyes. Close your closet doors that Jesus talked about. Close your closet doors and it's just you and Jesus. And then let, and let your spirit commune with Him. And let His spirit put back in what you have willingly given out to obey His word. Come on. Come on, he's never going to leave you in deficit. It's never his will to leave you in deficit after you've participated with him. It's always his will to put more back in than you were willing to let come out in participating with him and obeying him. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, another few minutes. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 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 Now, I'm going to demonstrate tonight that I mean what I say. I'm going to obey you the Lord. That means in the next few moments you're about to be dismissed. And this is the, this is the instruction from the Lord. I want this building vacated within 15 minutes. I don't want you hanging around fellowshipping. We have two more days to go. And this is a launching pad. God's got some stuff he wants to do through you. Okay? 
and you need to go get some rest. You want to get something to eat between now and you when you go to bed? It's your life. I'm going to try to run your life. It's your business. But do not stand around here in fellowship tonight. Get your stuff together. You don't have to get out of the parking lot, but I'm asking, asking, A-S-K-I-N-G, asking you to vacate the building within 15 minutes. I'm asking you to go rest. It's barely past 8.30. Look what the Lord has done. For those of you that can, I'll see you in the morning at 10. There's another session scheduled to start tomorrow afternoon at 1. And then tomorrow night at 7 o'clock again. God bless you. If you can't be here, all of that will be live online. Hallelujah. It, go in God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You are not dismissed. Just go in the blessing of God. We're not dismissing this.